I'm just, I'm, I'm pondering. It's actually, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to come to uh, a session and not have known a lot about what it was that you wanted to dig into. I really, I'm. I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous. Why? Because is it going to be any good? Ah. Welcome back to In Residence. I'm Keith. And I'm Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey, Keith. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing swell. <laughs> is there anything that you want to talk about that you've done over the last week? How's the first week of the year going? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I get to move into a new office, so I've been doing that, so that's kind of fun. Mm. I've been hitting the treadmill, getting my, my training runs back, kind of going. Yeah. So, so question, I, I got a question for yeah. you then. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I've, I've been hitting the rower this week. Oh, have you? Done it twice. Nice. How far do you go or oh, long? Gosh. Like, what do you do? Depends on the day and what's Not on the- call you out. No, it depends on the day and what else I have on the docket. Yeah. I'm doing like baby steps here. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, well, I wonder what, I wonder what, what I do? she does. So I've been pairing some of my movement in my morning routine with like an eight or 10 minute yoga session just for flexibility and stretching. And so um, what I've been doing is like a 15 to 20 minute row and then the yoga. I try and keep it within a half hour so it's doable and then I can get my journaling and planning in. I, yeah. found, I found that the clock on it doesn't go when you stop. No, you have to press it down and hold it. Press what down and hold it. If you press the button down. Yeah. Oh, when you, I know what you're saying. Never mind. It I got it. It stops timing you when you stop <laughs> rowing. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, if I was in the ocean, I'd still be going, man. Like time this. You would. <laughs> Doesn't count. Because <laughs> I was trying to time, I was trying to not overdo it. And so I was like, okay, well I'll go for five minutes and then take a breather and just check in and see how I'm feeling. And right. I'm like, the clock's not moving anymore. I'm like. Doesn't count. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. It's like if you don't. If you don't wear your your smartwatch or your Fitbit, the exercise doesn't go. Oh, I remember I'd, I'd be like, it has to charge. I have to charge it enough so I get credit. So I'm like, what am I doing? I'm trying to get so many steps in a day. It's just like a target to to hit. So I'm walking around the house doing laundry, and I'm like, oh, I don't have my phone. I'm in my pocket. This is not counting. Like, no, like I'm doing steps and it's not counting. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna figure that out. But honestly, I mean, we kid, but. If you're getting movement, whether or not you're counting it on yeah. a device, it counts. Exactly. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of rowing, getting out, doing some walking. It's cold, though. Outside? So, yeah. Mm, so I'm going to I'm have to figure that out, whether it's getting a little warmer gear <laughs> or something, because it's only going to get colder here in the next couple mm -hmm. months. Anyway. And slippery, but you can use my yak tracks. Yeah, maybe. Those are stellar. They're great. That way you won't slip and slide around. Take a digger. Yeah, we yeah don't don't need that. There's no snow though anymore. It melted again. That's true. Anything else? Just after this, trying to get ready to be gone for the weekend because child one and I are going to go on a two day trip. It'll be kind of a fun little adventure. Anything more with you? Not that I can think of. We've just been showing up and implementing the plans we set at the beginning of the week. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. I'm still trying to find the right the right schedule, but like I'm not waiting to find it i'm trying to notice what's working best and what i'm tending sure. to do and then adjusting um there's something else to that on seth's podcast the akimbo podcast that came out this week he, he mentioned uh what does the best day look like or what or 
he mentioned, what does a good day look like? And it's so funny that I've been trying to figure that out, but I didn't have that phrase. And so I, I wrote that down and I think I commented on it and someone else is like, that's such a good thing. I like, I like that too. And I was like, okay, it's a, it was just a good reminder of instead of trying to find the best routine, I'm trying to make the best day for me mm-hmm. like, and what's going to serve me and what I want to be accomplishing. It was just like a little bit of a reframe. Yeah. I, I like it when I find things that help my brain click a little bit more. I like that. So Key, you texted me this week and said, I think we should talk about this next on the podcast. I sent you a little thumbs up and you told me not to let you forget. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of forgot. So I'm glad I sent you that text. It's good. And so I'm going to hand it over to you this time and say, what do you want to talk about? So I was writing my morning pages and within maybe a paragraph I got, my mind went to a memory of college, a creative writing class in the professor I had, Dr. Newhouse. It's a day that I makes me wish we had the recording technology that we have every day now, because I wish mm-hmm. it could, that lesson could be shared <laughs> like, <laughs> again. And it made such an impact that I remember, but I, I would I would love to be able to have other people experience it as well. Uh, and it was around, I don't know how I, I exactly got to this, but it was around like not stopping yourself from starting, you know, things that we kind of talk about, not making excuses, not waiting, right? But it was a little more focused and it was the punchline of it was really powerful and resonated with me. So I'm going to tell like a little story about it, I guess. Okay. So I want people, because I thought it was really, really powerful sitting in class and Dr. Newhouse comes walking in and he's a little, little eccentric, a little intimidating to me, even just because he just seems to know his stuff so well. And I, I don't, you know, if you've, mm-hmm. if you've talked to me or like seen my writings, like I've got self doubt, right. We've talked about it, but I always felt like I didn't know enough in, even in college. And when, when I was supposed to be learning things, I thought I didn't know enough yet to learn the things kind of. Okay. So he wasn't intimidating me. It was that I felt like I didn't know enough kind of thing. But he was quirky and you could tell he was creative, but he knew his stuff. It's that that kind of thing. So not maybe not quite intimidating. But like he also you could tell like he was rigorous, you know, and he knew mm-hmm. his stuff. So I liked him. Uh <laughs> so he comes walking in and he's got like a maybe three foot to four foot length of PVC pipe. Okay. White PVC pipe. And this is creative writing class, like we're all like future poets or English teachers that are taking this court, you know, we're all just kind of like, okay, like what's he up to? And he grabs the PVC pipe and he puts it to his lips and he starts didgeridooing. Doing what? Didgeridoo. I have no idea what that is. The instrument from down under from an Aboriginal instrument. Didgeridoo. All right. All right. You know what I'm talking about? No, I do. You know, and it Rocco's Modern Life, right? The background music for that. I get you. I get you. You know, it's, dr- it's a droning instrument, right? You you kind of purse your lips. I love you so and you much. Do like I'm like, I have... E's and O's and like... Right? Okay. Know what I'm talking about? I do now. Okay. <laughs> what was that? How'd that go again? <laughs> Skip back 15 seconds. You'll hear it again. <laughs> I like it. You're making me giggle. Okay. Sorry. That's all good. So he gives us a minute long at the most... Like a little, he does a little riff, you know, he improvises a a piece on the PVC pipe 
And I was just like, what is happening? Like, how are you doing that? Right. <laughs> because it was musical. It had different tones. It had different timbres. It had, you know, like he was creating all the noises that you would do with, but it wasn't the instrument. So cut to the chase because some of us are just kind of like, like what is happening? He, he stops and he's like, okay. So the point is we all have the tools that we have. So you can feel like you maybe don't have all the words or know all the grammar or know all of the different parts of what they teach you in English and language arts, but that's not an excuse. Like, don't let that stop you from writing. Use the skills that you have to do the work you're trying to do. And so that's probably why it came to me because like, that's what I'm wrestling with is always a little bit of that. Like, do I have what it takes to do the thing I want to do? Right. Or some version of that. But that gave me a lot of confidence to, to understand for someone to say the thing that I've been thinking for so long out loud and to my peers, I was like, oh, okay, I might just say the sun shined brightly <laughs> and then how could it be better later? Right? Like that, that comes right. So it's that kind of thing. I was like, oh, this is probably something worth talking about. And I mean, I still remember it and it's 20 some years later. So I like that I'm sitting here enjoying Enjoying your story. I think it's, it's coming to me because I'm spending time writing about writing about and thinking about what's the next step or what is the next thing I can do. And I'm, I'm probably finding myself saying, you don't know how to do the next thing or why would you do this or that? Or if you're thinking this, you know, or so. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's interesting to me about the story, like what I'm taking from it is two different things. The first thing I thought I was getting from kind of the message you sent me was if you don't have the skills, how do you go out and get them and learn them? Right. And I think that is part of my kind of my and both of our how we orient ourselves. Mm -hmm. We consume a lot of information to try and learn how to do the things that we want to do and get better at. But I think that maybe I'm hearing that I didn't anticipate in your story is you can still do the things you seek to do, even if what you have isn't the perfect tool that you think you need. Right. Like it's making me think a little bit and, and not to go back to kind of exercise and working out. Mm -hmm. But how many times have we bought something or said, well, I can't, I can't do a workout plan if I don't have X, Y, or Z weights, or if I don't have a kettlebell, right? Yeah. Or if I don't have a slam ball, I certainly can't do this hit workout because one of the exercises requires a slam ball. So right. I'm just not going to do it, you know? And, and so I, I think that might be simple, but it's, I think that's one thing that you need all the perfect tools. You need the water bottle that's, you know, 64 ounces. You need this, you need that. But you're stopping yourself from changing. That's what I recognize it as now. It's an excuse. And I'm laughing because there's been so many times in personal training that it's simply body weight or me oh. trying to lift part of my body from me being in a different position than I'm used to being in. And I get up and I leave after the, the 45 minutes and I'm like, so apparently I don't need anything to, to get my sweat on. <laughs> He's like, yep. <laughs> I will, I will say I'm trying to do some small yoga each day for like flexibility. Hmm. And I just started this week. So 
I'm going to try, I'm trying to make it a habit and we're going to see if I can keep showing up and making it stick because yoga has been something that I've always thought it's too slow for me because my brain's the ticker tape, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I prefer running and rowing and elliptical and weight training, right? You and I have talked a lot that that's why I need it more than anything, meditation and yoga, right? But I guess what my point is, there's some of the moves even like, now go into downward facing dog. I'm like, all right, I got this. And I'm like, why am I shaking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, my body is not used to this. <laughs> and that seems really sad. not sad. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to hate on myself. But that seems, I'm just saying that sometimes even just your body weight and doing something and challenging yourself in a way you haven't before is enough. So speaking to that, I think where I was, where I was coming from was start where you're at. And Mm -hmm. instead of like, instead of me thinking of, I want to deadlift my body weight, how would I start at deadlifting 120 pounds? You know, like Mm -hmm. I can do that. Start with what you can do, the skills you have, the tools you have and, and do that thing, you know, whether it's writing or building something or, and being okay with the, the scale of it is something I've been writing about after I've had this initial thought. So there's, there's something else there that I'm thinking around. Maybe we'll talk about that more, but to me, it's about getting out of your own way and, and simply doing it so that you can keep iterating Mm -hmm. and developing the skills and gaining more tools as you go in practice, right? Instead of waiting for it, like we tend to say, waiting for it to be perfect yeah, or waiting to be ready, right? Like looking back, I'm like, how many times was I waiting to be ready to try something the first time instead of simply taking a little bit of a leap? Right. It's, I feel like we've we've said this a lot, but it's just been on my mind, you know, with the new year, like having a, a fresh start, you know, and, you know, it's just that time of year where I'm starting to project out, like, where am I going to be in another year? Yeah. I don't want to get tripped up with, oh, did I share with you the other day on the calendar, the... Did I say it in the last podcast even? I don't even know, but it's the long run is made up of short runs. Yeah, you did. Did I say that? You did. So that's been on my mind too. Trying to be able to focus on like the smaller scale in service of the long, longer Mm -hmm. review. So it's just been front of mind. And so I was doing more of the work on the page and and trying to sort through it. And and I'm seeing a lot of other people kind of doing that too. And it's kind of one of those things I'm like, just... You want to say just start and like in the in when you hear when you hear that when someone says just start you're like it's not just I have all these things and that's why I want to just be like start where you're at show us what you got and then mm-hmm. make it better right like I say to the kids like say it straight when they have to write a paper right yeah say what you have to say and then we'll make it better and then we'll make it better again so mm-hmm. yeah so thinking about being in college. And that kind of self-doubt, I guess. Not thinking. Little imposter syndrome or yeah, self-doubt? But I, we didn't know, I didn't know what that was no. back then, right? Yeah. But it was exactly that feeling of, I haven't read all these books that all these other people have read. I feel like I've said this before. but mm. So then going to another class and having like a, a writing workshop. And that's great. Like you know, sharing my work got easier. And I mean, it was a big part of the, all the classes and the programs and, and generous feedback from your peers and stuff is really, really great. And people pushing you to, to get better. That's great. Then it was also the part of trying to submit your work and get into like a literary magazine and stuff like that. It seems so beyond me and thinking back back then it, 
like it was a process. It there were middlemen, there were gatekeepers, right? You had to submit. You still do now, like to get into those things. Mm-hmm. But then I was starting to think of how how freeing it feels that we can simply publish a podcast, publish a blog post mm-hmm. instead of waiting for somebody to accept it. It does mean a couple different things, right? Whether somebody somebody picks you to publish your work and and help you ship it. It maybe has a little more gravitas to it, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to belittle like what people that have blogs are doing or what we're trying to do. It's just I think that's kind of the the general thought around it is like, oh I need I need to be picked so that I'm validated. It's validation, I think. That's what I'm trying to say. But you don't have to wait for that anymore. I was it was just interesting that waiting to be picked was limiting before. I don't have to wait to be picked anymore. I'm limiting myself sometimes, or I was up until recently, you know? Yeah. And so it was just, it's re- it was really interesting to think about how freeing it is to not have to be picked and how frightening it was for me 20 years ago to think about sending off my work for somebody to choose it. And then it makes me think, well, why am I, why am I bumping up against that same resistance when I can simply hit enter and publish something? And then go on to the next thing or do it over again and make it better. So that was that was just like another extension of what was coming out of me like while I was thinking of all this stuff. But I guess I'm wondering if you have ever bumped up against I talk about waiting to be picked a lot or needing somebody to choose me to be on their team or yes, I like what you did. We're picking you. Do you have anything like that or or have you ever experienced that? Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes especially if there's a process that you don't know how it's going to go. You don't necessarily always want to volunteer to be rejected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like who's going to, who's going to go first. Right. And I mean, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it more, I do think that I did definitely wait. Maybe not. I mean, I probably was one of the last people that wanted anyone to look at my writing because I didn't, I didn't do a lot of it. I didn't enjoy it in my formative years growing up in K through 12. In college, I I did the required courses. I was in music, right? Music and biology (laughs) were like my area. So we didn't do tons of that. So I want to switch off of writing. Okay. Because I'm not. Okay. So not writing. No, no. So so hold on. You were a vocalist Mm -hmm. and a pianist. Mm -hmm. Did you have to audition for like the solos? Or were you usually picked because of your skill and your talent? Uh, I didn't. I don't know if I ever had lots of solos in ensembles. I mean, and and maybe part of it. I don't know if I ever even tried because I didn't want to get told no. (laughs) Which is weird for me, right? No, no, no. Because this is what I want to talk about. So what's coming up for me is I always wanted... Like there was things that I, I really enjoyed or I wanted to do. One of the things that I don't know if I've ever told you this, when I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school, I had the idea that I wanted to be a cheerleader. I thought that would be great. I can try out. I learned the routine. I learned how to do like whatever the kicks were. And I learned how to do like the floor mat things for wrestling. And anyway. So I did all the things I tried out and I was told, no, I wasn't going to be picked to be a cheerleader on any of the sports. 
<laughs> you know, it's probably only one of a few people. And at the time, it was so devastating. Yeah. But let's be real. I don't have great rhythm. Like when it comes to body movement, like I just don't, I don't really love like going out and cutting a rug, you know, Yeah, that's not my jam. Like I play piano. I can keep really good time according to a metrodome, right? Like I I have a very precise uh, clock. I don't know. You tell me I need to swing the beat a little more sometimes. You you play it very straight. Yes, I do. (laughs) Which works great. For uh, the type of stuff. For the type of music that I was trained in. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know exactly if the story I shared is highlighting your point, but I think from that point forward, it was one of those things where I was really excited. I had practice, I had prepared, I put myself out there and was devastated when I was told no, even though looking back at it, I'm like, what was, what was I thinking? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I thought I want to try that. So I wonder if as I went forward with the musical things, I just thought, you know, unless somebody notices me and says, hey, I want you to play, I didn't necessarily raise my hand. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of want to dive into this a little bit. Okay. Uh, so you tried out for cheerleading mm-hmm. and you were told no. Mm-hmm. Yep. You didn't necessarily raise your hand in choir, right? Not that I recall. Yeah. No. But when I think of you, I think of you as somebody that goes first. I think of you as a leader. Yeah. What I'm interested in is not not that you, the cheerleading thing, you tried and quote unquote failed, right? You weren't picked. And we focus on the failure a little bit, but you tried. You tried out. So I'm wondering where the pattern of you trying things, where more of that is, because I don't see you not raising your hand since I've known you. And I mean, to me, it makes sense. Like, in your adolescent young adulthood we like we're awkward all awkward and we we all don't want to be embarrassed i mean we still don't want to be embarrassed but what i'm talking around is what i said before is when do we choose to go first because to me that's that's the same as saying you're a leader right we're choosing Hmm. to go first yeah and i see you doing that a lot and so i'm just going to leave some space for you to kind of talk about that because you don't hesitate like i still do often So, you know, it's interesting. I just, I, another story from college that maybe helped me turn, turn that. So it would have been my sophomore year. It's almost like we planned a theme on college stories, but we didn't. We didn't. But my sophomore year, I applied to be a resident assistant, to be an RA. It was a position that was really popular. A lot of people wanted to do it. You got free room and board and you know oh i should i didn't know that i i probably really? would i probably would have done it yeah <laughs> if i knew so i was like oh this is great like i'll get free room and board i'll get to do the fun things like interacting with people i'll have like a built-in peer network you know because i was connected to the music program and my good friend from high school and i were roommates our first two years and i had other good friends at the uh, university but I thought if I'm an RA, I'll get to do some of the cool leadership stuff, the training, and I'll get free room and board, I'll get to meet tons of people. Cause even though I was a shy kid in person, I really like interacting and getting to know new people. Always have, even if I've been shy. So I applied to be an RA. I did my resume and then there's an interview portion. And so I went through the interview process and I think I said, mm, gosh, 20 words. 
during the whole interview. You know, somebody would ask me, so why do you want to be an RA? And I, I said, because it sounds fun or something. You know, I don't even remember the words, yeah. but I barely said a peep during my interview. And I got a letter that said I was a alternate. So I didn't get accepted to be an RA. I was an alternate. I was, I was devastated because I really wanted to be an RA. I remember someone I knew that I think was one of the people that interviewed me pulled me aside and said, the way you showed up in your interview was not who I know you to be day in and day out. You need to let who you are shine. And so I, I remember hearing that and I can't remember. I feel like they gave, they, I can't, I can't quite remember, but I know that I was an alternate. I was not accepted. It turned out somebody dropped out or they decided they were going to go to study abroad, something like that. Then there was this opening. And so I was able to become an RA after, after kind of that disappointment and that mentoring conversation. And from that point on, I, I realized a couple things. I learned that I need to show up as me in interviews in a professional way, mm. right? <laughs> but I need to show up as who I am because if who I am isn't enough or isn't right for the position, why would I want to, to be in that position? But I also learned I need to show up and I need to to share of myself, even if I don't know all the things, even if I haven't been an RA before, even if I don't think that I have anything additional to add than what I think I know from the RA that I like, that sometimes who you are is enough. And sometimes that's why you have time to figure it out, why there's training and why there's mentoring conversations after you kind of bomb an interview, right? I don't know. I think from that moment forward, I just thought, okay, I know I'm shy to some extent. I know I'm nervous about just being me, but I got to let that go because I'm not getting the things I want by being timid and falsely timid. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, um, well, so I was going to, cause I wanted to ask like, yeah. what, what was stopping you from showing up as you, why would you show up falsely show up timid? I think I think some of it is because I always wanted to I wanted to make sure I was I was showing up the way that people expected me to. And hmm. if I couldn't read the situation, I was sh more shy until just, I You would just kind of shut down a little. A just little. Turn it off, I guess. Yeah. Dim your light. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I like I liked what you said, let who you are shine. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, oh, you kind of dimmed yourself because <laughs> you weren't quite sure how to show yourself maybe or. Yeah. Mm. It's, and I think maybe that's it too, because when you're going through high school and high school can be amazing and it can also be hard, mm -hmm. like, right. <laughs> it, I mean, there's these mixture of experiences. And so I think. And it can all happen in the same day. Oh, <laughs> right? Same hour. Yeah. But I. I do think that there is like this thing where there's um, almost a survival mechanism where you protect yourself from disappointment, which is so weird because I'm saying it. I'm like, you talk about that all the time. And I was like, who cares about disappointment? Go out and get your dreams. No, no, but no, but we're <laughs> reflecting know? upon a time when, because I think it's helpful to just try to inspect maybe because these things, they creep up because like when you were talking about 
being an RA and, and it was lighting you up thinking about going after that and being that, then you were also saying, I didn't have all the skills. I didn't know, but that it wasn't stopping me. I was, I was just going to, what did I like from that RA and that one? And it, there's a huge correlation between what I was talking about, not having maybe all of the writing skills I felt I had, I want, wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the same things creep up when we're starting different projects, right? Yeah. I think from that point forward, I really found the thing that I felt like I was good at developing community, connecting with people, understanding, just understanding how to create an environment that people want to be a part of. Before that, I was going after things that I thought were going to make me happy, perhaps like cheerleading, right? I thought, it's going to be great. I'm going to be able to go and make additional friends and things you think you're supposed to do kind of right. versus go to the football games, be on the sidelines versus the things that light you up. Exactly. Yeah. But I wasn't a dancer, right? Like, I, well, I don't know. You don't, you didn't know me then, didn't but know you back then. I mean, what you know now, you know, I wasn't a dancer, right? I love you. Like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think you, you got, you got a little rhythm. All right. You just I got some rhythm. Don't always explore it. All right. You know, and even thinking, thinking about even like tennis, like I played tennis through high school and I played the one year in college, but I wasn't that great at it. Yeah. You know, I lettered in it and things, but I mean, I was barely. So there's a huge, so there's a big thing right there. I wasn't great at it. Why does that even have to be part of that sentence? You liked it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that right there is like, that's something if I was, I should probably have more questions about that, but <laughs> about the, about tennis and why like, like oh, I, I did tennis. Right. But I wasn't great at it. Like the qualifier, right. <laughs> that simply playing, why can't you simply play tennis? And it's okay that you're not the best you're enjoying it. You know, I, cause I had the same experience with hockey. Sure. I wasn't a starter. I, I was captain of the JV team, but even as a senior, I wasn't a starter on the varsity. I learned, I learned some things through that, but. And you enjoyed it. For the yes. most part. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, and you enjoyed it. And you're like, uh. I almost didn't play my senior year. Yeah, I know. You um, told me that. I'm glad I did, but I don't, I don't know if I would have regretted not playing. People say like, oh, you'll regret it if you don't. And it's like, I don't know if I would have. Hmm. I think it would have been fine either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked skating and I liked playing the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to get a soft track there, but I see that correlation there. Like I wasn't doing it because I was the best and I'm not going to anything that I'm doing. Like I want to be really good at what I do, but I'm not going to let not being the best stop me. Because there's not, there's only so many people that can be. There's only one number one. Right. I'm not interested in that really. No, no. You can help so many people. And this is coming back to like scale, right? Like thinking of like, oh, how many people can I help? It's like, well. Helping one person, if you do it right, can help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Or even if you enjoy it, isn't that simply enough? Can that be enough? I think so. From where I'm sitting, though. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there's a, I can hear people saying, but what if I need to make money? It's like, oh, well, we'll okay. make money doing something else and then do that thing that's creating that change, right? Mm-hmm. That might be a whole nother thing. Yeah. It's a whole <laughs> big topic. Yeah. That we'll get into next time. <laughs> <laughs> If we remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking through the the idea about how do you work with what you got? 
I'm thinking a little bit about when we first moved into our house. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any flower beds. Now I feel like sometimes you look at houses that are being sold and they've landscaped the front yard, all like this beautiful work already planted trees and did the grass and we were just getting married and mm-hmm. just starting out. So anything that we could do ourselves, we did. Yeah, we seeded the yard. Seeded the yard. Huge rainstorm came and washed out. So we had to like buy dirt and fill it back in and reseed it like on half of the house. She didn't have gutters yet. (laughs) And live and learn. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I remember sitting there and being like, okay, I know that I want there to be trees and flowers and bushes and a garden. I have no idea what that means. And I probably didn't have much more than like a shovel. So when you're doing gardening and things like that, you can go to different nurseries and buy all the plants. But if you try and buy all the plants from a nursery all at one time, it's really expensive. And there's nothing wrong with nurseries charging. I mean, they do a tremendous amount of work and they deserve. I'm I'm just saying, I don't want people to think that I'm like (laughs) anti- Like buy plants from people that grow them and spend time. I think they're, I I think they have the reference of we were young. It was our first house. We didn't have a lot of money. I know. I know. Okay. So (laughs) I get you though. I get you. I just want people to know I'm not, I'm not everybody, (laughs) everyone, everyone who's doing that work, like doing work anyway. So I, I made a few key purchases, you know, like a crab apple tree for the front yard Arbor Day Foundation. I got $1 pine trees and stuck sticks in the yard. Didn't water them. So that was either they were hardy and survived or did not. But I remember my mom. So my parents live pretty close to here. And so I was able to get some of her rhubarb. She's amazing at making pies. And so she's taught me how to make the crusts. And I wanted rhubarb so I could make pies. So she gave me some of the rhubarb bulb and I had no idea. And so I put it right in the middle of the hill in the lawn. I'm like, I don't know where else to put it. So I dug a hole and I stuck this thing in the middle of the yard and it got mowed over, deer eating it. I was so nervous. I remember she gave me hostas and I didn't know what to do with them if I was going to kill them. I made her come over and tell me how deep to plant them. You know, all those little things. I was basically building our landscaping with a shovel and a prayer, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of help. And like, you can do it for my mom. But I remember there's one time I'm like, can you just sit here and watch me plant these? And it was, it was hostas. I mean, they pretty much survive unless the deer get them. I remember her being like, you know, I had to go home. You're going to be okay. Just keep doing it the same way you've done it around the other side of the house here. And I was terrified. And this is a really long story about gardening. But just to say, I don't know everything and I'm not afraid to try things because I know sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. There's always more plants at the store or friends or neighbors. And just just to enjoy the process and learn as you're going through it. I've gotten more tools. So I don't just have a big old shovel. I have a trowel and I have a garden knife. Any gardeners out there, if you haven't experienced a garden knife, they're fantastic. And now I have a little fenced in garden thanks to you and your parents. I guess all of what I'm trying to say, my shovel was Dr. Newhouse's PVC pipe. Mm. And he learned to make beautiful music on that. 
And I really started the foundation for our yard by trial and error. So anyway, I guess I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. You're trying to say you can make beautiful things with the tools you have. Right. So go and do it. Exactly. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Sounds good. So Keith, is there anything you want to talk about things that you've been engaging with this week? The fun thing that we started was the final season of Billions. Finally. It's the final season? No. So I thought you were like making us Brian wait Koppelman, so long. No. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's you, really good. You might have mentioned it before, but I know I've mentioned his podcast the moment before. It's one I absolutely love listening to. So Billions is great. It's well written, amazing acting. And I was giggling because I was just in awe of how well written the dialogue was. It was just, it was so natural and it's, it was so, it's so fun to watch. It's got me all jazzed up. And anyway, that's what I got. How about you, Laura? Okay. So I got a lot of books for Christmas and everyone has been posting their best books that they read in 2023. Somebody I saw actually did like a sweet 16 bracket. And so I have been cultivating my book reading list going into 2024. I started reading one that won somebody's sweet 16 bracket, Lessons in Chemistry. So I'm only a couple chapters in, but I've been reading so many nonfiction leadership type books and development books that I wanted something that was like, I'm sitting on the beach, even though it's January in Wisconsin. That was a really long answer to say, I dig books. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Anything else? I don't think so. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I think that's fine. That's good. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm.